No. Can I give my one point to Bryce so he gets three points? No. no. It's going to be four. It don't matter. What? Her Instagram name is Coconuts or Coco. I know her name. Okay. Nicole. What's the name of the podcast? Oh, What's the name no. of her Coco podcast? Ca- Coco Caliente or something. Is the podcast? It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and listen, I am feeling so Coco Caliente, baby, yes! How is everyone doing? I truly hope this podcast finds you in a happy place, and if it doesn't, baby, gotcha, okay? Because I'm guaranteed to put a smile on your face. I hope everyone's been safe, your family good, What's going on? What's poppin', Purple Pants Posse? Well, you know me. Ooh, ooh, uh-huh. You know me, cause I be busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be busy as a quarantine. Who, who, what you be? Huh? I be busy as a quarantine. Who, ha, ha, busy as a quarantine. Be, 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 ooh. Okay, yeah, I had to spice it up for y'all, cause y'all be playing. I'll be playing. I'll be playing. <laughs> Uh, I just love busy as a quarantine bee. But yes, this week, no different. Baby boy was running around. Okay, I had to make sure. Listen, my supervisor called me and said, listen, Bryce, you got a lot of work. Uh, Let's do this at the end of this week. Okay, so baby boy had to get my stuff together and make sure I had all of my end of the month paperwork and just really kind of just, you know, living in myself. I've just like my mood has been up and down. I don't know. I have good days. Then at nighttime, I get real moody. I don't know. Listen, I'm just just reporting it. And you know. Being open and honest with y'all But today my spirits are super high Because I get to talk to my posse I get to see what's popping And we get another Purple Pants podcast Okay, because we get Coco Caliente over here So let me give you the rundown of this week's episode I've got the church announcements on the menu this week I've got Love After Lockup I got two episodes that I got to break down to you guys I want to talk about a show that I started watching It's called Love on the Spectrum and it's available on Netflix. This week we welcome back Gangsta Gurry for Purple Pants Premonitions. I've got the Purple Pants Picks and I've got Freak of the Week, baby. But before we get into this podcast this week, if you could do me a favor, if you could please subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you write a review. I love reading the reviews and give your baby boy some five stars. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Listen, it ain't that hard, baby. It ain't that hard. So make sure you put some Southern Pecan in your coffee. Fill that Pinot Grigi up to the top. Okay, get you some Tito's. Because listen, we get in this podcast started So for this week's church announcements, I've got three simple church announcements for y'all. 
First church announcement. I just want to thank everyone that has listened to the last week's episode. Won't you be my ally featuring Wendell and Rodney? I so happy that the response is what it's been. I really felt last week when I was editing the podcast and I was listening back to the conversations of Wendell and like Wendell and I and Rodney and I, I really felt so moved by it and I really felt like wow this could really be one of my more powerful episodes and I was just so happy that it was received so well and the conversations that it sparked and the the people tweeting me and like people DMing me and sending me messages just saying how they appreciated the conversation and how it helps them kind of you know continue to move the conversation forward I got so many messages from people in different phases of their life and coming out and how they were just so relieved to hear that conversation with me and Wendell and Rodney and saying that they really felt as though it it helped shed a light that them coming out to the fringe shouldn't change anything and I ain't gonna lie your baby boy was getting emotional listening and reading to some of those messages because it just was like you know there is just truth There's power in your truth, and I truly try to live in my truth here in this podcast, and I'm just so happy that it can help some of you guys, because literally, it helps me. So I am just thankful to each and every one of you who listened to the last podcast, Won't You Be My Ally? And if you have not, please take a listen to it, and please send it to somebody that you feel like it could help, or feel like send it to somebody that you think need to hear it. I appreciate it. The next church announcement is I just want to let you guys know if you haven't already, I did a podcast with Mike Bloom, with my girl Shannon, with Nick, with a potential hypothetical cast of Big Brother, the new season. And it is so funny. And it's so funny because like I literally watched it back. I watched the YouTube version of it. And first of all, I'm like, am I really that crazy? I don't mean to be that crazy, but your baby, you know your baby boy is crazy. So listen, I just want to make sure you guys check that out. It's so much fun. In the last church announcement, I have to give a huge shout out to my girl, Jatia Hart Taylor. Okay, this past Friday, she played in the Sequester miniseries of Legends, and it was so much fun. We had our girl, Ali Lasher, on there. We had Kelly Wentworth. We had Dash. We had Ormond. We had so many people. We had Lance on there. I was like, yeah. So excited to root for all of those people. And I'm just so excited for my girl, Jatia. Baby, she took the win home. So I just wanted to send a big purple pants. Congratulations to my girl, Jatia. Okay. Keeping the Kagiyan legacy alive. Oh, don't play with Kagiyan. All right. That's this week's church announcements. Now let's get into this podcast. It's a man who. It's a menu, me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a menu, me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. Keeping the menu rolling, this week we have Love After Lockup. We got two episodes, well really three episodes under our belt, but we're going to be covering two episodes this week. And so they got some couples, some couples that are interesting, some couples that are not. So I really narrowed it down to the five couples that I really, really, really like. If you don't know, Love After Lockup comes on WeTV Friday nights at 9 p.m. And Big Bay is something you don't want to miss. 
Yes. All right. So let's get right up into these couples. Okay. So we got Scott and Lindsay. Scott is the 52 year old man. Lindsay is somewhere in her 20s. She is in jail in Mississippi. Scott is from upstate New York. He's been talking to Lindsay for about two years now. And over the two years, get this purple pants posse. He didn't spend over, he don't even know, between like 20 and $25,000 on Lindsay. Okay. So he's moved to Mississippi. He's got a house. He has bought clothes for Lindsay's daughter. He's been to Thanksgiving with Lindsay's family. Listen, okay, do Scott got a brother? Because I'm just trying to figure something out here. Because listen, while I'm on quarantine, I wouldn't mind somebody spending $10 on me. So he is really preparing for Lindsay to come home. And the house that they have that he's decorating for Lindsay, he goes into the closet and all of her designer clothes, all of her Victoria's Secret underwear. She just had to have the latest iPhone. She had to have all of this stuff that he bought. So we get to see Scott interact with Lindsay's daughter. And it's funny because, you know, here on Love at the Lockup, everybody gets a confessional and no different than Lindsay's daughter. So Lindsay's daughter gets a confessional and she's like, I really like Scott. When I first met Scott, he bought me clothes for school. The clothes that I have on, he's bought me too. Okay. And so Lindsay's grandma, but they say it's Lindsay's mom because she raised her. She's like, Lindsay led a life of drugs and she doesn't really know where it came from, but she really hopes that Scott can be the grounding for her. Well, listen, the grounding or the wallet. So this episode, Scott is really preparing. The goal is that Lindsay, I believe, has to go to a halfway house. So she's flying into Mississippi. He's going to meet her at the airport. Okay. And on the way from the airport, they're going to stop by Lindsay's mom to see the daughter and then he's going to drop her off at the halfway house. Now, mind you, he didn't pack this amazing bag, all of these goodies. He goes to a restaurant. He orders steaks, champagne. He even goes to a limo company and gets a Hummer limo. Now, I thought that this was very telling, telling when he is negotiating the price with the limo driver. The limo driver takes the credit card and oop. Chile, the credit card comes back declined. And so Scott is like, you know, I had to move a couple of things around because everything's happening at once. He's talking about how he's going to get Lindsay a car, talking about how he's planning on giving Lindsay spending money. Okay, listen, Scott, where is your brother? Do you got an uncle? Your grandpa? Something. So they swipe the card and it declines. And so even one of the producers think, they're like, does Lindsay think that you're a millionaire? And he's like, oh, something like that. Now, also something about Scott is that like I don't know if he got lip injections but his top lip looks a little uh what you call agitated it look a little red and it looks a little plump so I don't know if Scott got a little lip injection I don't know but the card declined Scott gives him another card and it goes through so I don't know like I feel like we TV did that to be to make the viewers be like mm, do he really got money or is he one of these people that's living off of a credit card because anybody that watched season one something very similar to this happened where this guy was like buying this uh, girl I forgot her name I want to say her name was Shauna but I forget but he was buying her all of this stuff and really at the end of the day he was broke and like was borrowing money so I don't know I hope Scott's not so Scott is on his way but while he's in the Hummer he shares to us that over the last couple of days he has not heard from Lindsay and that she was supposed to get out like two months like or she's getting out two months ahead of time and that he got a call from Lindsay basically saying like hey I'm getting out in a week and this is the airport and this is the flight number and he said he hasn't talked to Lindsay since um excuse me sir I'm not getting no steaks 
no champagne, and definitely not a Hummer if I have not talked to you the day before to confirm that you're getting out. So the episode leaves off where he's at the airport and a plane has just landed, but I don't know. The way that WeTV is setting it up is almost as if she might not be on that plane. So I don't know. All right, Jessica and Maurice. Jessica is from Nevada. You know, they want to portray her as this, like, valley girl, but she not, okay? She a little hood, okay? Show, <laughs> show, 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 show. Maurice gets out. Uh, I believe she drove in, and he lives, he's, like, from Compton. The correctional facility was, like, somewhere in California. You know California is big. So she has a hotel, and she is, like, really getting ready for Maurice to come out. And as she's getting ready for Maurice to come out. She really wants to prove her family wrong. We know that her sister stopped talking to her because she married Maurice and didn't feel like she was a good role model for her niece. Her parents have some doubt about who Maurice is, but you know, Jessica seems to think that Maurice is, you know, all of that in a bag of chips. Now, I've already given my assumption on what it is because Jessica's a cute girl, but Maurice is like 25. He's 6'4". He looks delicious, okay? So, as Jessica is getting ready she's talking to the camera and she is just like really kind of nervous like I don't know and basically she was saying that when they got married they started having conjugal visits and that was really good for their relationship the sex was good however Maurice got into a little bit of trouble and he got his conjugal visits taken away so they haven't had conjugal visits in two months okay so Maurice ain't been getting none of Jessica in two months so Jessica pulls she drives in she puts on a really short short skirt she got her boobies out and she is like literally like way Waiting for the bus to come and she's so nervous but you know how when you be nervous and you talk to yourself or maybe this is just me but like you be saying stuff that you know is true but like you just be like talking so she was really like talking to herself and I thought it was very telling and she was like you know I hope Maurice isn't using me you know I hope my family isn't right and she's wondering at this point because now she's like waiting for the van to come and it's supposed to be there at like 7 and then pull into 11 o'clock and mind you she's standing outside the whole time first of all my behind would have been in my car with the air conditioner on. First of all, I would have went to the McDonald's, got me a little breakfast sandwich and a coffee, okay? She's just sitting outside. But while she's sitting outside, she's saying things like, I hope that Maurice is not using me. She's like, maybe the only reason we got married is so that we can have conjugal visits. Girl, you think? You think? So anyway, Maurice comes and mind you, he look all right. Okay, I even go live, purple pants, posse. Maurice look all right. So they get in the car. He's excited to see her. Uh, he's like, I was on the bus and I'm like, who that white girl out there? Oh, she look good. That's my wife. So Maurice and her is in the car. They're on their way to the hotel. Maurice calls his aunt. His aunt's excited to see him and he's telling his aunt they're going to fly back to LA and after he flies back to LA and check with his parole officer, they're going to sneak down and drive to Nevada because that's where Jessica lives and I is like, uh-uh, don't you do that, Maurice. That's what your uncle did and your uncle went back to jail. So, you know, there's a process. They have to transfer his parole from California to Nevada. But obviously, the plan was for them to just sneak him on down to Nevada so that Jessica could have him the whole time. But listen, this is my prediction. I like Jessica. She seems like a good girl. But Maurice is ready to get into these streets. And what I mean by streets is he ready to get into any female that he sees. I'm sorry. Maurice is a tall glass of chocolate milk. And 
And the second that he is not with Jessica, he is going to be on the prowl. I just know it. So they get back to the hotel and it's so funny because Maurice is like, uh, he goes to the bathroom and he's like, this is real toilet paper. And he comes out and he's like, babe, this is real toilet paper. They got real toilet paper. So then he looks at the camera crew and he's like, what y'all still doing here? And they're like, you're a free man. Don't let us stop you. So then they go into the bedroom and they get a who, ha, pa, bin. Okay. So then we got Chevelle and Quay. So Chevelle has a five-year-old daughter. You know, Robert loved her cousin Walter. So Quay is getting out in two days. She has to drive through, I want to say Texas, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. So she has to drive past Texas to get Quay. So she's going to pick up Quay's mom. So she picks up Quay's mom. They having a good time. Chevelle's excited to meet her and in the car, like no more than five minutes into the car ride. Chevelle and, now mind you, this is what I have to say. I feel like the last time I talked about Chevelle when I was with Robert, I was a little hard on Chevelle. She did not have a wig on today. Looked like she had to sew in weave. And I actually was feeling Chevelle today. I thought that she was very level-headed. I thought she looked cute. Um, And so she's talking to Quay's mom. And Quay's mom's like, I'm just so excited to see him. I haven't seen him in 12 years. And then Chevelle's like, so how do you feel about Quay coming to move with me and my daughter? And <laughs> Quay's mom is like, that's not the plan. He told me that he was coming to Texas with me. And Chevelle's like, oh. And the confessional, Chevelle kind of starts crying. Like, I'm really big on trust. And one of the things that me and Quay told each other is that we weren't going to lie to each other. And that, you know, he literally told his mom that he was going with her. And he told me that he was going with me. So then they get into a hotel. And mind you, this is another thing. Chevelle loves cheetah print, okay? She had a little cheetah print when she was picked up the mom. And her confessional, she got a little cheetah print. And then the next morning when they go to see, uh, when they go to pick up Quay, she got on cheetah print, okay? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Uh, she watched the Cheetah Girls, okay? So anyway, she's in her hotel room and the Quay's mom knocks on the door and she's like, listen, I didn't really want uh, what happened today in the car to like kind of define our relationship. I'm a mother. I haven't seen my son in 12 years and I want to do anything and everything I can do to keep my son safe. And Chevelle's like, I want you to know I'm not trying to take your son from you. I'm just telling you that's not what Quay told me. And so it was a surprise to me. And the mom was like, yeah, he told me that y'all was going to move down to Texas. And then so my Chevelle starts crying and like, you know, she's like, I'm so sorry. And the mom like, I'll see you tomorrow. And again, this is really more the reason why that I like Chevelle because when she was crying, she was talking to the camera and she was telling the camera like, I'm a mother so I can relate to her in the sense of like, I don't want nobody to take my son away from me after I haven't had them for 12 years. And at the same time, Chevelle's like, I want him for myself. So the next morning they seem to be in a good mood. They pull up to the prison together and they start saying, free him. Come on, y'all say free him. Come on. Come on. Free Quay. Free Quay. Free Quay. Free Quay. Free Quay. Free Quay. Okay. But I mean, for real, for real. And so anyway, the episode ends off with them standing outside like, is that him? Is that him? Is that him? Because really, first of all, Weed TV loves a cliffhanger because I need to see what the T is. What Quay gonna do? I don't know. I really feel like Quay gonna go with his mom though. I don't know. But, and I feel like Chevelle's like, and that's not an option. Me and my daughter aren't moving. Girl, if he moved to Texas, girl, you gonna move right down to Texas. Okay. So, next we got Sean and Destiny. Sean is the man who has six children. He is in his 40s and he has been talking to this girl Destiny for about three months. Destiny is 28. He's only talked to her. He's only seen her Instagram. Not even Instagram. Instagram, her Snapchat filter photos. And yeah, they've been talking for three months. He loves her. 
she getting ready to get out but because of when she went back in she was on an ankle monitor she cut the ankle monitor off and was on the run she has another charge and that she has a hearing for but you know Sean is willing to put up $5,000 bond for Destiny which is crazy because he never seen her only talked to her on the phone but last week's episode was really good because Sean went out clothes shopping at a thrift store now mind you I love a good thrift store so I wasn't even mad at the fact that they were at a thrift store but I mean because listen I love a good thrift store okay I like to you know I like to go we have a thrift store in my area in the Maniunk area it's like in the Roxborough area and they get shipments I know okay on Saturday so I always love a good thrift and pick random I don't know why I'm telling y'all that but anyway so he at the thrift store with his not ex-wife just mother of six children and his oldest daughter she's 16 so she's trying on stuff and he tells Sean tells his baby mama that Destiny's getting out and that she's gonna live with him and he also is talking about marriage and the baby mama is like we never got married I got six kids so the baby mom still kind of likes him okay what I felt interesting was the baby mom and the photos that we see of Destiny look the same now I don't want to like judge anybody but they got that look of they're they're very, very thin look like they may or may not have a past of addiction uh, but the baby mom looks like she has it together so she was like really upset I mind you so I don't know if y'all ever been to a thrift store so the thrift store has uh, dressing rooms but the dressing rooms are literally like a closet with a door that does not cover the whole closet just the middle so they're having this conversation literally six feet away from the door as if their daughter can't hear this conversation because the mom starts screaming and so she's like you need to tell your daughter about this you need to tell your daughter about this so the daughter comes out of the dressing room well mind you with more clothes that she went in with so mind you she get like seven things so sean buys it for her and she's like thanks dad and the mom's like i'll be in the car while you talk to her so he pulls her to the side of the thrift store (laughs) that's not funny but when you think about it like you couldn't have went outside like and their cameras there like sean get it together so he pulls her to the side of the thrift store and tells her that he's been dating Destiny. Now, mind you, I'm loving the children on this show because her first question is, what is she in jail for? Okay. She gets a confessional and basically she says she has no interest in meeting Destiny right away. Here's another thing. And this is how you know the daughter heard everything that the mom said because the mom was like when they were arguing like, she just wants you for your money. Okay, so Destiny and her confessional is like, you know, I just want to be sure that she's just not with my dad for money and that it feels like, now this was a little touching uh, when she was talking to her dad, she was saying like, it feels like you're trying to move on and start a new family. <laughs> Spot on. And he's like, no, I'm not trying to start a new family i love you guys i love you guys so that was that so he flies to i don't know where they from excuse me forgive me listen your baby boy listen i'm drinking my coffee forgive me so he drives to where uh destiny's getting out after he paid that five thousand so get this purple pants posse now mind you he got all of her clothes that she asked now mind you he didn't spend as much as scott but he got her some clothes that he asked so he's in the hotel and he like sets up the iron and i'm thinking like oh okay cool he's going to like iron his clothes to get ready for her so then he like takes out i've never seen this before but like a hot plate i never seen a, a hot plate in a hotel i've always seen like hotels with little, little kitchenettes that have like the little stove but baby pulled out a little hot plate okay on the iron board and started cooking some ground beef and said that destiny said that she was fiending for some tacos okay and so he made her some <laughs> he made her some <sighs> hotel tacos on an iron board on a hot 
complete. Okay. And mind you, they look kind of good too. So he drives to see Destiny to go pick her up. As he's waiting to go pick her up, he gets a phone call. It's Destiny. She's like, I'm so mad. I'm so pissed off. And then the phone hangs up. And so we like, ooh, like, okay, is she coming out? Now we know we've never, he's never seen Destiny. And Destiny has always said that, you know, she's put on a little weight. She's like, I want to prove to my friends that I'm not being catfished and that me and Destiny are going to like show them that we're going to make it. So Destiny comes around the corner. Now, to my surprise, because I was thinking Destiny was going to be a little heavy, heavy, heavy set. But she really wasn't. She was a little thick, but she was kind of cute in her own little love after lockup way. And Sean was really nervous uh, talking to the producers saying that like he just hopes that there is an attraction there. He's got a type, short and petite. And he hopes that he's attracted to Destiny because if not, then what the hell did he pay $5,000 for? What the hell he making hotel tacos for? What the hell is he like, you know, leaving his family a six for? So Destiny gets out. He kind of like has a, a look of apprehension on his face but then kind of like you know it's happy to see her she seems really into him destiny then we get a confessional of destiny and she just talks about how literally she's been in and out of jail for like the last 15 years drugs selling drugs you know just her life and that sean has been a beacon of hope for her and you know she's excited now she said that sean looked a little older than what she thought he was going to look but you know she still considered him to be handsome sean was happy now mind you he had this one photo like of these instagram filters that she sent him that he has in a frame that he like holds on to which is kind of weird but he was like I've looked at this photo so much that when I look at Destiny right now I can see the resemblance of the photo huh okay so that's them and baby y'all know I didn't save the best for last okay John and Christiana okay John is the eagle wing frozen in the freezer, the fly traps, okay, the eight children, the married twice, engaged full times, Scott, who's half Native American, half we don't know the rest. Uh, Scott has planned this engagement for Christiana, okay, he built some beef unlimited steps up into the bed of his truck so that they can have a honeymoon real quick for five minutes so that can head on the road to her halfway house. So, John is funny because, uh, so the first episode we see him and he's like coming out of the hotel and he's got all this stuff and basically like John is telling the producers like we got a lot to get done we got to get to the spot we got to then pick her up and you know we got to go we got to go we got to go time is of the essence we got to go and so mind you John also I don't know what the theme of this is um limo John then got a limo to pick Christiana up too so he's gonna pick Christiana up in the limo then take her to the spot that he got um to get married at I mean I just still can't get over these limos okay I hope when Danny gets out you don't think I'm coming in the limo, okay? Because it ain't happening. So they get to the spot and he felt this. And now, mind you, to John's, I must say, to John's credit, he then picked out a spot in this nice foresty area. They start setting up the truck. He brought his good friend. He brought this other female friend with him. And like, you know, they're setting it up. And then John's like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta go pick up Christiana. So he gets in a limo. He's driving to Christiana. And the limo drivers on here are so funny because like, you know, the limo driver's just like asking questions and John's saying like yeah I'm gonna ask her to marry her and he's like oh she doesn't know instead of rolling the window back up the limo driver keep it down cause he like I want all of this tea so John's really nervous he got on a little purple like dangly shirt and so they pull up to the prison and they're waiting for Christiana and you know here comes Christiana coming down and she's excited John starts running and they're like oh for some reason I kinda like Christiana she like seems kind of reasonable to me and you know Christiana also talks about how she's been in and out of jail for about 20 years. Meth 
was her drug of choice and that she always dealt with people that were addicts and that's kind of like always feeded her habit and so that John is so different that you know they've only met three months ago but he brings so much joy and she's excited so they get to the limo and she's like oh wow then he gets down on one knee proposes and she says yes and then all of the girls on the courtyard start cheering for them okay they like yes Christiana so she gets in the limo John pours her some champagne he half pours the champagne half down her arm um, and he's like was it everything that you wished for and she's like it's so much more now I just have to stop and think about that because it's like when I think about getting engaged I don't know if incarceration like if I were to get engaged the second I get out of incarcerated I still have on my underwear from jail but anyway love is blind and so like John obviously is like I'm really nervous to see what she's going to say what she sees that I'm, you know going to her like I proposed to her and that you know the, the magic day is now now mind you Christiana is also one that is concerned because I believe the halfway house is like eight hours from the jail so it's like she got to get to the halfway house because if like, you don't get there on time you could get violated and sent back to jail so as they are tossing and turning down these windy roads Christiana's like where are we going like is this a park like what's up and so then they like pull up to this the make stead uh, ceremony and she's like oh my god and so his friends are there and they're like yes they get out give Christiana a hug and he's like the friends like did she say yes did she say yes and John's like yeah and then he turns to Christiana he's like we you know I was thinking maybe we could just get married now and Christiana has a look on her face like huh now I just feel like in Christiana's head she like I just got out of jail okay I'm filming with Weed TV. I want this check. I want to make sure that I give them like good material. So she agrees to it. Doesn't sound thrilled. And so then we learn that John not only, okay, baby boy was on his A game. Not only did he plan all of this, he didn't bought her a wedding dress. And so, and then he has like the truck door open and a blanket over the top of the truck and the door so that she kind of has a dressing room. And so the female friend uh, helps her get ready but you know Christiana is you know a full size girl you know a nice full size real life girl and so he bought her a strapless dress and she can't get in the dress she's like it's not gonna work it's not gonna work it's not gonna work and so then they're like okay it's not gonna work so John has on like a jacket he takes off his jacket he like throws it over the top and I guess to like switch it up to make it more casual and the friend that's like underneath the blanket with her is like and mind you they seem to have like some sage it might be some you know um, indigenous ritual that they're about to do Um, and she's like are you ready and Christiana's like I don't know and it leaves off with her basically saying like I don't know if this is something that I want to do. So I don't know. It's good. I definitely can't wait to see. And of course, they leave off on a cliffhanger. Listen, I'm trying to see if we having a wedding or not. Because if not, baby boy, we got to hit the road. And if we are getting married, well, baby, we got to hurry this thing up. Because listen, if you try and have the, the honeymoon shack in the back of your truck, John must be a minute man, honey. Because listen, anyway, these episodes were really, really good. And so I probably am going to try to give you guys bi-weekly love after lockups. Because that way, I can fit all the meat and potatoes into it so you don't feel like you know so listen make sure you check out weed tv's love after lockup every friday at 9 p.m set your dvrs tweet me let me know who your favorite character is and still we still have not yet to see the zaddy of zaddies okay there is this guy that i seen on the previews and we haven't seen him yet so i'm, I'm patiently waiting so hopefully the next time i report on love after lockup whew, 
I could tell you about my new pen pal. I mean, I could tell you about the new, the new Zaddy on Love After Lockup. Oh, keeping the menu rolling. I wanted to just spend a little bit of time talking about a show that I discovered last week and I watched it and I loved it. It is called Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum is on Netflix. It is a five-part series, so it's a super easy watch. And when I looked it up, it came out in 2019, but I didn't see it. I just really discovered it now. Seven young adults on the autism spectrum dive headfirst into dating pools, exploring the unpredictable world of love and relationship and I just have to say I love it so so much I won't go into great details about the show because I really want you guys to watch it and experience it for yourself. But what I will say is that I felt so many different emotions about the show because it it was just something so unique and something that I don't really feel like we talk about a lot. As we know, in the world, there are many people that are on the spectrum of autism. Um, I actually have a niece that is autistic and it is something that is rather new to our family and we are exploring that day by day and really kind of figuring out what works best for us. One thing I found so interesting about Love on the Spectrum is that it follows like seven, I I really feel like there's like 10 people that we follow, but there are more people that are prominent in the show. And I really want to talk about three people that I really truly got something out of their story. There was a young man named Michael. There was a young lady named Maddie. And then there was a couple named Jimmy and Shireen. Now, Jimmy and Shireen had me crying on the last episode. So I'll talk about that towards the end of this. But one thing that I found so empowering about watching this series is that a lot of the family members, their families are on this and we get to have confessionals with them and their parents. And a lot of their parents really want them to find love because the parents are so worried for the day that they are no longer on this earth. They want to make sure that their children are taken care of or their children have someone to look after them. And what I thought was no matter if their child is on the autism spectrum, that's something all parents want. That's something my mom wants for me and I'm sure that's something that my purple pants posse wants for their children and their parents want for them. So it's something so universal and it's just so interesting to me because we get to see these young adults go on dates and I have to say a lot of the dates are extremely awkward and I want to use, and I don't want to use the the term cringeworthy but I I have to say like it invoked emotion in me because I'm like, oh, like oh, what's happening? But In reality, it reminds me of a lot of the dates that I go on. They're cringeworthy and so awkward. One of the young ladies on the show, actually, one of the producers asked her, like, what is your autism to you? And she so eloquently explained that she feels like no one understands her and that she's in a bubble and that she can't speak when she wants to speak and that a lot of the times people don't understand her and that she hates the fact that she's in this bubble. But that's been her life. It's in the bubble and she's come to accept it. But she finds it so hard to communicate because she doesn't can't pick up on social cues. And she's aware of that. And it's hard for her to read that. And it's hard for people to read her. And again, listening to this young lady's story, it really kind of had me self-reflecting on myself where a lot of the times I feel like although I can express myself and I can pick up on social cues, I oftentimes feel like my life is in a bubble and that people don't truly understand me or People can't accept who I am. And so I I just felt so many parallels on this show to these people that are quote unquote different than the, the rest of society. But I felt 
so much I could relate so much to them. It was really eye opening for me to just see the struggles that people on the autism spectrum have to deal with. But one thing that I loved about it was that they wanted companionship. They wanted someone to love them. They wanted they want what everyone else wants. And so I just feel like in life, if we spend less time worrying about what makes us different and spend more time about what bonds us, what like brings us together, this world could be such a better place. And I just can't recommend this show more for you guys to watch it because I really truly got something out of it. And to be quite honest, Purple Pants Posse, okay, a little Coco Caliente, I was kind of getting mad because I'm like, now wait a minute, these people going on more dates than I've been on in my life. So I just, I to me, I'm just like, now wait a minute. And I have to be honest, I started to kind of like check myself a little bit because I'm like, I feel like I could date someone on the autism spectrum. I don't really feel like that would be a deterrent for me. And a lot of the the young adults that we saw on this series, they really wanted to date someone in their community in the autism spectrum because they felt like they understood them a lot better than quote unquote the normal society, whatever that is, because I don't know what the normal society is because I'm not a part of the normal society. But I really was thinking while I was watching this, like I would be open to dating someone on the spectrum. I don't really feel like that would be such an issue for me. I feel like we would have to learn each other, but I felt like I could be open to that. And it really just really, really warmed my heart because a lot of the young men on this show, they really were, although they could not pick up on social cues and although they had their own quirks, which we all have, they really were all about figuring out what the other person liked and they really were trying to figure out commonalities with the other person and I just thought that was so cute I'm like child this is what I'm looking for I'm looking for someone to want to know what my hobbies are I'm looking for somebody to want to learn me I'm looking for somebody that wants to invest time in me so I just was like well wait a minute what's up (laughs) okay another thing that was so interesting about this series was a lot of these uh, young adults they had like I don't want to say a love coach, but, you know, on the autism spectrum, they can't pick up on social cues. And sometimes it's hard for them to read social settings. And a lot of the times in large social settings, they experience anxiety and they shut down. They literally can't get out of their own mind and they they are talking in their head, but it can't come out. And I'm like, that's me. Like, I so can relate to that. Another thing I admired so much about these young adults in this show was that their honesty and the fact that they don't necessarily have social cues and social norms aren't norms to them because they have to learn them. They were so honest and I can appreciate somebody with honesty. Okay, don't waste my time. So a lot of these dates that we will watch at the end, they will be like, I'd really love to get up with you again. I really would love to hang out. And some of the guys or the girls will be like, I think that you're a great person, but I don't see a romantic future in our future. And that's the end of it. Okay, listen. Come on, Coco Caliente. Yes, don't waste my time. If you're not interested in me, stop texting me. Let me know. And I there, I felt like there was so much that we, as quote-unquote normal society, because whatever that is, because again, I'm not a part of that, could learn from this 
program because they spit it real. They giving it to you real. They not worried about how how you are going to perceive it because for them, it's hard to understand how you're going to perceive it. They just giving it to you real and raw. And I love it because I feel like a lot in this dating world that we're in with social media and these dating apps that we put up this facade of who we are or who we would like to be. But in reality, we're nothing like that person that we put up. And so I just was loving love on the spectrum. Okay. So we meet Michael. He lives with his parents. He's, I believe he's like in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. And he is a funny, funny, funny guy. He is so funny. He's got like dry humor. And a lot of the times he doesn't even realize that he's being funny because he's just being so frank. And it's just hilarious because he like, well, what you like to do? What are your hobbies? Do you want to get together again? Do you like, you know, he was just so upfront and so frank. I thought he was so cute. And what I loved about it was that he had he lived with his parents and his parents were so supportive. And a lot of the parents that we got to see when the producers would ask them questions, the parents would get so emotional because the parents would talk about when they were younger and when their children would get frustrated. They a lot of the times would act out. They would bang their heads on the wall just due to the frustration and their maturity level at that time could not express how frustrated they were and how the parents were so proud to see where they had come and they that they are living normal lives and the parents, you know, when they were younger, maybe could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I got so much out of Michael and his parents' relationships because Michael ain't play. Michael was getting ready for a date. Baby boy had the gel in his hair and his dad was like, come on, we're going to be late. And so Michael was already, you know, a little anxious. And so when his dad said that, it kind of like put him into turbo drive. And Michael was running around. You Okay, Michael had his little cologne. He sprayed his cologne. Then he had to run in the bathroom because he wanted this other little cologne because he wanted a layer of cologne. He had to make sure his hair was uh, done and ready. I was like, yes, baby boy, you better get ready for this date. And on the show, we don't really get to see Michael finding uh, a mate, but he goes on dates. And that's really like Aaliyah said it the best. If at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. Okay, and that's what I have to give it to all of these young adults on this show because a lot of these dates baby boy after the date i would have been home drinking my tito's trying to cry my eyes out because it didn't work out but they it did not stop them they had a goal of wanting to find love and they kept going on dates and i loved it there was another young lady named maddie now maddie was so funny to me maddie was so cute and you know she was open about her quirks and you know just she went on like two dates and mind you, Maddie had a type, okay? Maddie liked the zaddies, okay? And I was like, yes, Maddie, okay, the Coco Caliente. Maddie was very clear that she liked a tall glass of water. She liked them to be physically fit, okay, easy on the eyes. I'm like, okay, Maddie, we looking for the same thing. Okay, I might have to fight Maddie over somebody if I see somebody cute on this show. So Maddie went on a couple of dates and, you know, she met this one amazing guy named Mark. Now, Mark was so cute, too. I loved Mark. Mark loved dinosaurs. And Mark was, they went out on Valentine's Day. Now, mind you, I don't want to spoil all of this for y'all, but I just got to tell y'all this tea because it was so good. I'm trying to tell y'all, I was up in the middle of the night. Like three in the morning watching these episodes and I it literally would have me get up out my bed, sit up in Indian style, holding a pillow and my heart would be racing because I'm like, oh my God, is this going to work out? So Maddie went out on a date with this guy named Mark. Now Mark is also shown on the show and Mark is a sweetheart. And I'm thinking like, now wait a minute, M- M- Mark could get my number, okay? And so Mark was 
loved dinosaurs, okay? He was a paleo a paleontologist, okay? Well, he wasn't a paleontologist, but he loved paleontology. I think I'm saying that right. And so Maddie and him went on a date. He brought her flowers and you know, it's they literally they are just like, what are your hobbies? What do you like? Oh, okay, you like dinosaurs? Oh, okay, I like games, I like this. And so Mark, and it was hard to read Mark at first because I couldn't tell. We didn't really get to meet Mark. We met Maddie first and then we met Mark through Maddie. Then we started following Mark. So when we met Mark, I didn't know much about his story. So on their date, it was hard for me to read whether or not Mark liked Maddie or not. But Mark was so calm and so cool, ordered his food. Now, mind you, they went to this restaurant and I guess for Maddie, it was kind of a a little bit uncomfortable for her to like order her food. But obviously, Mark had went to this restaurant. So as soon as Mark got there, he gave her baby girl her flowers. Okay, Maddie got flowers on Valentine's Day. I'm still waiting for somebody to send me some flowers on my Valentine's Day. So Maddie got that on me. Okay. And so he got her some flowers and candy. Whoo, 10987654321. Cause see, see that? That's, that be the part that be making your baby boy mad. Okay. Cause I'm like, where my flowers at? But anyway, this ain't about me, Bryce. So after Mark gave her the candies and she like, you know, it was kind of like awkwardness as to whether or not she wanted to give him a hug. And Mark was such a gentleman. He put his hand out. They gave a handshake but listen Mark sat down and was ready to eat okay Mark ordered that food so quick and again I could relate to Maddie when I go out on dates with sometimes with people I don't know I turn into this like I don't want to say character but I get like shy and I'm like I don't know what I want to get because I don't want to get what I really want to get because I don't want them to see me munching and crunching on a, a double baked cheeseburger you know I want him to see I'm a lady I eat a salad and drink water but I just there were so many things that I could relate to Maddie on the state and so I, Maddie and Mark did not work out but we get to follow Mark on his journey to finding love trying you know dating and some of the things that he goes through so I won't really talk about Mark but even though Mark is definitely one of my favorites so you definitely should watch it but let me get into the couple that stole my heart when I tell you stole my heart baby boy finished the last episode it's only five episodes so it's something really easy that y'all could get into so I don't want no complaints like I can't watch it it's too long no, it's five episodes. But we get to meet Jimmy and Shireen. They are a couple and they've been together for about three years now. And when we first meet them, we meet Shireen. And Shireen's talking about like the type of guys that she likes. And so I'm thinking they're just introducing Shireen to us because like we're going to follow her on her love journey. But excuse the hell out of me because Shireen then brings into the camera her boyfriend, Jimmy. And Shireen and Jimmy are so cute. Jimmy is like 6'4". He's tall. Shireen is cute, brown skinned. She's got a lot of personalities. But when we first meet Jimmy, I guess it's like the first time he's meeting the camera crew. And so Jimmy sits down and he doesn't make eye contact with us. And he literally shuts down. And so he kind of sort of has a mini episode. And so Shireen leans in. And starts whispering to Jimmy and she's like, are you okay? Um, you okay? And Jimmy whispers back and he's basically saying, I'm having a hard time. I feel uncomfortable. I don't know them. And so for me, it was one of those uncomfortable moments for me as a, a viewer because I automatically, my heart opens up because I'm oh my God, like, you know, I want to jump through the screen and like just give Jimmy a hug. But at the same time, it was also one of those moments of seeing someone that loves you and seeing how like I, I I don't even know how to explain it but Shireen leans in to him 
obviously very close to make him feel comfortable. And although there is a camera crew right in front of their face, Jimmy don't care because he's so uncomfortable and like has this anxiety. But Shireen leans in, starts whispering to him and he starts whispering back. And Shireen is like really comforting him. And they go back and forth for a little bit. And then I'm not sure over time, you know, they edit it a little bit, but Jimmy is back and Jimmy is talking and he must feel more comfortable with the camera crew because new places and crowds don't is like things that Jimmy does not like. And another thing that I liked about this series was when we would meet new people or when people will go on a date with someone. And so like, say Mark was meeting somebody named Ashley. And when we would meet Ashley, they would be like, Ashley likes long walks in the park. Ashley likes the sound of water dripping. She does not like the sound of dogs barking. I really liked that because it it kind of just let you know some of the things that are triggers for them. And so we learned that Jimmy does not like to be in crowded places. He doesn't like to be around people that he does not know. So only makes sense. But we get to see Jimmy and Shireen. They are so Shireen is crazy. She has a bubbly personality. And it's just so amazing that despite all of the difficulties that they have to deal with, with being on the spectrum, that does not stop them from being able to find like true love and being able to find somebody that you can connect with and being like, you know, being able to find your yin and your yang. And their story was just so inspirational to me. So we even as we follow them, they move in together. And then we learn that Jimmy, he likes to do. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm thinking of this word. It is uh, what's them Rubik's Rubik's cubes. And so Jimmy has a lot of them all over the house. And we learned that when Jimmy gets anxious or if he's having an episode, he will use the Rubik's Creek. <laughs> I can't. Why can't I say Rubik's Cube? He will use the Rubik's <laughs> I ain't going to do this with y'all purple pants posse. But when Jimmy is having an episode, he will use the Rubik's Cube to help calm him down. And he can complete one in under a minute. Okay. And so that was the other thing that I, I loved about this show is that it highlighted that although people on the spectrum, they might have autism it don't make them like you know a lot of times people quote quote oh they're they not smart they they like you know they call them very derogatory names or they they make it seem like they are slow ain't nothing slow about them they are smart okay smarter than me and so i just loved how this show got to show you a full picture is that like, yes, I may present with this, but baby, don't don't let that sleep on you. OK, because I'm I'm equipped in so many other areas. It's very empowering. And especially for me that has a niece on the spectrum, it really just was inspiring and it gave me hope. But we learned that when Jimmy and Shireen moved in, that Jimmy liked to play pool. And so he likes puzzles. And so he looked at pool as a puzzle and he was really good at it. And so he every Thursday night, he participates in this competition uh, at this local pool hall. And normally when the competition goes on, it's not a lot of people. But baby, listen, I want to spoil it all for y'all. But listen, I just got to tell you because it's so good. So I'm sorry if you mad at me. Oh, well, but listen, still, you still watch it because I don't do it justice. And they went to the local pool hall. They it was like a local college football game. on, So the pool hall was more crowded than normal. And Jimmy kind of got very anxious and uncomfortable. And the camera crew, you know, asked him and Jimmy was saying, like, I don't like this. I don't know any of these people. He's like, normally when I'm here, I can tell you everyone that's here. And baby, here go my girl Shireen. Go in close. They start whispering. She like, let me get you a drink. Okay. 
Coco Caliente. That's why I'm trying to tell y'all. Cherie is my girl. Let Yes, girl, get me a drink. Get me a drink and let me calm my nerves down. So she got Jimmy a drink. He sat in the corner. And, you know, after the game went off, the bar aired out. And so it went back to normal. Jimmy felt more comfortable. And he started whooping some ass. And pool won the tournament, okay? He was playing against this old guy. Baby, that old guy ain't stand nobody's chance. When I tell you Jimmy whooped the dust off that ass, okay? Listen. So, all right, then let me tell you about the best part of it. So, Jimmy and Shireen, they moved in together. They've been together for three years now. And so, they are going on holiday. And this, I believe it takes place in Australia. So, just another random note. So, they got little accents, and I think it's cute. So, they are going away on holiday, and Jimmy is so excited because Jimmy was telling the producers that Shireen, when she was growing up, she'd given her limitations. She never thought that she would be able to travel. And she always wanted to go to the coast and go to the water. And this was just something that she never thought that she was be able to do. And I'm getting a little emotional about it because Jimmy was like, I want to do everything in life that Shireen thought that she would never be able to do. Okay. Listen, Jimmy, do you got a brother? Okay. You got a cousin? Because like, ugh. So listen, so they they go away, they fly, and they're so like quirky and just so cute. And they are have these big, they get in this hotel room. They never been in like a hotel. They jump on the bed. They got an ocean view. And so they go to the balcony. They can't figure out how to open the balcony. Then they get on the balcony and Shireen touches like the edge. And Jimmy's like, oh, no, no, come back. Uh-uh, come, come, come back. You too close. You too close. And then they just hug. And so another thing that Jimmy and Shireen had told us was they like to hold hands, but they don't hold hands a lot. Because they, they, they like to hold hands for no less than five seconds, but no more than like eight seconds because then it's just weird. But, you know, they hold hands sometimes. So as they're away and they go to the beach, they're holding hands. And so Jimmy's like, did you guys notice we're holding hands for more than five seconds? But it was so cute because obviously during this time that they're away from home, it's a new experience for them. And Jimmy's like, I want Shireen as close to me as possible. And I'm like, child. I'm trying to find somebody that that feel that way about me. So anyway, they go, they uh they go to the beach, they have a great time, and then they have this big dinner planned. And so they normally, when they're at home, they don't go out to dinner because of one of Jimmy's triggers is he doesn't like to be around people he doesn't know and doesn't like crowded spaces. But since they're away, he wants to surprise Shireen. So we see them getting ready. Imagine Shireen is so kooky. So while they're away, they bought like Shireen bought this little pantsuit, like a romper, like a long, a long pants romper. And she's like, look at what I bought. She's like, it looks like a dress. And then when I open it up, it's pants, a dress, a pants, a dress, a pants. I'm like, okay, Shireen. So they're getting dressed up. Jimmy got on this blue suit fitted and Jimmy's skinny and tall. And it's so Jimmy looks so cute. But then we get to see another like episode of Jimmy where he did not buy Navy socks. And so Jimmy has everything on and he realizes that like the black socks don't go with his brown shoes and they all dressed up ready to go. And then Jimmy sits on the couch and he gets his Rubik's Cube and he starts kind of like going away at it because he's feeling some type of way. And Shireen's like, you okay? Like, what do you want to do? And Jimmy's like, I need blue socks. I need blue socks. And Shireen's like, you know, maybe we'll get some tomorrow. Uh Uh-uh. 
Jimmy ain't going for that. So they agree to go get Navy socks. They get Navy socks. And then we see Shireen and Jimmy feeling so much better. And so we're like, I guess we're walk. They're holding hands and they walking up this path. And so Jimmy or one of the, the Jimmy or the producers tell us that they not going to dinner. I'm like, what? They not going to dinner. I'm like, I didn't. Uh-uh. We didn't have to go through Jimmy to get his blue socks. They they better be going to dinner. What's going on? So Jimmy's like, I've got a surprise for Shireen. Uh, you know, I don't know. She's going to be so surprised about this. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what the hell is the surprise? I want to know. So they walk up to like, I would claim this as like a pier and there is a piano and a piano player and Jimmy and Shireen's like, what is this? And so as shy as Jimmy is and all of these things that I've explained to you about Jimmy and, you know, you don't like new people. There's a guy with a piano. The guy with the piano hands him a microphone and baby boy Jimmy starts singing this song to Shireen. And when I tell y'all, I didn't even go lie, the tears started rolling down my eyes to see Jimmy and to know how uncomfortable this must be for him. But he is willing to push past, sing in front of these camera crew, this piano player to show his love for Shireen. Whoo, Chile, it got your baby boy. So he starts singing the song, basically saying, like, without you, there is no me, and I want to be with you forever. And then he proposes to her, and Cherie starts crying, and ah, your baby boy, I was, I, I, ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Needless to say, I thought it was an amazing series, Love on the Spectrum. It's on Netflix. Please check it out, and please tell me what you think. I'd love to hear your feedback. Tweet me, write me a DM. It is so good. I got the biggest smile on my face. Okay, I'm trying, listen, I'm trying to go buy somebody some Navy socks, okay, so they can sing to me. What's up? <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, baby girls? It's your boy Gangsta Guri back, 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 back again in the building, baby girl, with your purple pants premonition of the week. Well, we're going to do this for like the next two weeks because you know what? We in August, praise God that we are in August right now because let me tell you, the month of July was doing something. So this is to allow you guys to know what's probably going to be happening for the first couple of weeks as we are transiting through you know August the because today is like August 2nd August 3rd like as we go through the rest of the week in the upcoming month so we have the full moon coming up in Aquarius on August 3rd so that is going to allow you guys to look at some of the things that you have been setting intentions for or you set intentions for back at the very beginning of the year so think about where you were like late January early February and I want you to take into mind like what is going on right now that's relevant that's reminiscent that you want to like push what are some of the things that you need to take away from and you may start feeling this wave of loneliness that's coming up in these first couple of weeks as you are realizing what you may still be stuck in what are some of the things that you know that you want it to be a little bit different right now that you may be feeling a little bit of that struggle to get out of your head maybe get out of your own mind maybe get your head out your ass maybe it's just like the sense of like what should I be doing next what should I be beginning and you may have been feeling a lot of confusion around this over the last couple of weeks like let's be real it's that natural time of the year where we're all evaluating what's going on. Where are we going? It's that time of the year. You know, the kids is going back to school and everything like that. So it's this natural sense of a new beginning. So at this point, who are you? Have you been feeling a little bit withdrawn? Have you been feeling a little bit confined? And do you need this opportunity to build out, to break out? Who are some of the people in your corner as you're going through these first couple of weeks of August that help you to feel the fullness of yourself, that help you to feel communicated and feel like you can have an open sense of communication with other people around you? Um, And who are some of the people, what are some of the environments that you find yourself in that help you to 
feel uplifted. Your advice as you continue on through the month of August is to remember what it means to be balanced and remember what it is to have love in your corner and who are the people that fill your cup. How do you allow these people to fill your cup? How do you fill your cup when you're on your own? And if you can't find that stability within yourself, baby girl, well, how can you find it with other people around you? That's going to be your major question, right? We all battle with these bouts of loneliness. We all battle with these bouts of just like, especially feeling very, very, I don't know about y'all, but I can only talk about me. Sometimes, especially with everything that's been happening with quarantine, that's been happening with COVID-19, with everything that's been happening in our world, it gets a little like, you know, you get a little stuck in the house, a little confined, a little like claustrophobic, right? What are some of those things that are causing that claustrophobia? What are some of those things that are causing you to feel a little bit wrapped up inside yourself and feeling like you can't move on? What is that missing spark in your life right now? And where does it come from? And I know that that may be a little bit of a hard question and that may be something you're always asking yourself, you know, every couple of weeks, every couple of months, maybe every couple of days if you're like me. But this is a time where you know that everything is pointing to a yes. Everything is pointing to prosperity. If you can get past this one little inkling that's got you a little jacked up in the game, okay? This is also a reminder that, you know, friendship, community, love, partnerships, going out, spending time with people, like, you know, in safety, because we got to make sure that you're being safe. I don't do that unsafety shit around here. This is all about you making sure that you are finding communities and finding groups of people that help you to feel supported. What are some of the groups of folks or what are some of the environments or what are some of the things that you do with others that help you to feel a part of community? Or even if it's not a physical community like how do you commune with your higher self you know your angels your spirit guides what does that look like for you as you're going through the first couple of weeks of this month and how do you allow yourself to see new things coming your way also keeping in mind that this balance is always really important in knowing that you know something that you may have another person can have something completely different to add to the pot so how are you allowing yourself to have everybody come and put something into the environment have everybody come around and you guys all bring something brand new to the table and allow yourselves to see this prosperity coming your way. Prosperity comes in numbers, you guys. So this is all about being reminded that, you know, you don't have to do it alone. And if you've been feeling like you've been doing it alone for so long, why does it feel that way? And how can you speak life into yourself or allow others to speak life into you in this tough moment? This is a good reminder. If you've been feeling like, you know, you don't have anybody that's out there, you don't have anybody that you can reach out to. There's always someone there that's willing to listen. It's about you putting yourself in a space to be vulnerable and to know that somebody always has that peace of mind and that piece of advice that you are looking for, okay? So, the cards that come up for the month, uh, for the next couple of weeks, for the month of August, we have the Hermit in reverse, the Six of Swords in reverse, and the Ace of Wands in reverse. So, this is all that beginning of, you know, not being alone, not being confined, knowing that that may be the energy that you've been carrying, maybe feeling a little stuck, a little resistant to letting go, and maybe there's this lack of fire that you're feeling. As we come with the Three of Cups, this is all about your community. This is all about the people that you have around you, um, and also making sure that you are giving yourself time to communicate communicate and connect in a way that feels innately comfortable for you. And then with the three of pentacles and the two of cups, this is all about connections of the soul, connections of the heart. Who do you feel most connected to and who do you feel that you can build upon things with? Maybe there's a thought pattern or something that you have to let go of that's been keeping you, you know, in a depressed state or keeping you in a state of feeling low. And maybe talking about this with somebody around you could be super, super helpful for you during the first couple of weeks of this month. So as we transit through this full moon in Aquarius, please allow 
allow yourself to feel that loneliness. Maybe sit aside and give yourself that time to really process some of those emotions that come up that you're trying to find your way through. And know that there's always going to be somebody to support you as long as you you put yourself in a sense of allowing your heart to be open and allowing yourself to choose wisely about which direction that you're going to go with those emotions that you want to share. So the advice here comes out in Prosperity Begins, the Heart Chakra card, and the Choose Wisely card. So prosperity begins when you allow yourself to work with someone else, when you allow yourself to know that you don't have to be the only person to plant a seed to allow something to grow. Who else can water your garden? You know, who else can spruce up your shrubbery? It doesn't have to be done just by yourself. And knowing that this may take a really hard moment of looking at your heart, digging into that heart chakra, figuring out what that blockage is that's coming up. Maybe you'll start seeing a lot of green around you or maybe, you know, start going outside. You know, I'm a flower child, so I love running in the grass and stuff like that, going to your local park, maybe doing a little bit of, you know, gardening or what have you. Something could be really nice or even just wearing the color green. Start working with heart chakra energies to help yourself just feel more connected to yourself in whatever way that that means and feeling connected to the type of people that you have around you. And on top of that, choosing wisely. Sometimes we get in these situations where we are wondering whether or not the people we have in our corner, the people we have in our life are supporting us the way that we want, supporting us the way that we need. And this is time for you to remember what is it that you're asking somebody to support you with? Are you able to give the same in return? How can you find that transparency within yourself at this very moment in time to be able to know that whatever gut decision you have to make is going to be the right thing? Because you trust yourself enough. And maybe that's the question you have to ask yourself in this moment. Like, do I trust myself enough to make the right decisions that are going to be the best for me moving forward? And that may be something that you have always struggled with or something that you feel very confident with. What does that mean for you? And how can you allow this time to reminisce and allow yourself to just like recognize what it is that you have always been capable of doing and how you can take yourself forward as you are making decisions for the direction that you want to go. This can go for, you know, school related, you know, for all my college students and students out there and stuff like that. This could be in regards to career related. This could just be in regards to the type of community that you keep and maybe you're changing. And there's nothing wrong with that. So if you're feeling, you know, that innate change in your life, if you're feeling that innate harvest, this is a time for you to choose the direction that you feel you want to go that's going to best serve you, knowing that no matter which direction you go, it's going to be for your highest good because that's what you manifested, boo. That's what you did. So lean into that even more, okay? You know, you can look at me on Patreon. I only got my Patreon going on right now. We doing a little summer cleansing. So you can find me patreon.com backslash gangstaguri or you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, gangstaguri. Although, as I like to say, I'm on my social media sabbatical for the summer. I'm all about alliteration right now. (laughs) So this is your forecast for the first couple of weeks of August. Want you guys to make sure that you're staying inspired and knowing that you do not have to do this alone. There's always going to be somebody that's out there looking out for you because you know me, your boy Gangster Gurry got you no matter what you need. And uh, thank you guys so much. I hope that this is all that you need for your weather forecast, your purple pants premonitions. And I'm going to throw it back to Bryce in the studio. Thanks, baby girl. It's a purple pants pick, it's a purple pants pick. If you hurry up quick, it's a purple pants pick, yeah. And we are on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast, Purple Pants Pick. You pick, I say... Every Saturday to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah, I will write or I will post a story with some purple pants and I will say drop your topics, hashtag purple pants pick. 
And this is your time. You, the listener, get to really write in what you want your baby boy to talk about this week. It can be anything from social justice to music to sports to, you know, love advice. But you can keep that for advice, Bryce. Literally anything that you would like to hear my take on it, you pick I say. I love it. So, yes, let's get into the first Purple Pants pick. Your first Purple Pants pick this week is from Jason underscore Costello. Who are you excited to see on Big Brother All-Star? Yes, Purple Pants Posse. Now, y'all know I love me some Big Brother, although I be having a hard time following it because it's three times a week and you got the live feeds. But I am really excited for All-Stars. I have to say I have to give a huge shout out to my girl, Davon. I hope Davon is on there, okay, so she could give it to him how it needs to be given, okay? I'm excited for Christmas to be on there, if she's going to be on there. I'm not sure. I was hoping Josh Martinez would be on there, but I don't know what's going on with the quarantine and the bubble. You know I'm excited if Kevin Campbell is on there. Okay, yes, you know I got show love to my LGBTQ. You know I'm hoping that Coco Caliente is on there. You know that's my girlfriend, okay? I'm really hoping you know my boy Swaggy P's girl Cammy, aka Bailey, is on there because she's a beast. So yes, I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited to see what's going on with Big Brother. And although they have, you know, they've been releasing announcements to make an announcement to then delete it, but you know, who knows? I understand with production and this COVID nineteen, it's a real situation. But your baby boy will be tuning in, and I'm gonna try to keep up. So I'm gonna need y'all to be my accountability partners, Purple Pants Posse. Okay, make sure your baby boy is staying in the loop. What's the next Purple Pants pick? Next Purple Pants pick is from B 24 on Instagram. She writes, Did you see Tamar Braxton break her silence about the suicide attempt and WeTV releasing her from the network? Whew, that's a great one. So, you know, I spent a great deal last week talking about Tamar Braxton in her suicide attempt and, you know, her being at the hotel with her boyfriend. And since then, a lot of different stuff has come out. People have been calling her boyfriend David controlling and all of this all crazy stuff. But... Tamar released an Instagram post with a photo of her and her son Logan and she wrote this lengthy message basically saying that she's putting herself first, taking a priority for her mental health, that she felt trapped and that she felt like under a network that was, you know, basically exploiting a black family and that for that moment she forgot what her true priority was, which was her son Logan and that she is committed to herself and to her son Logan. So everybody was so excited to hear from Tay-Tay. And then WeTV had released this statement basically saying that they want Tamar to be happy and healthy and that they are releasing her from her contract, which I'm like, okay, that's good. Maybe that's what Tamar wanted. Then at the same time, and I don't know whether or not this is true or not, and then they had a set date for, you know, Tamar's new docuseries, Get Your Life, which was supposed to air last week. But then given her suicide attempt, they pulled it back. So, yeah, kind of makes for a little messy is that, oh, you've released her from her contract and you wishing her well. And you know that a part of what led to her suicide attempt was this TV show and her on the Braxton Family Values. But then y'all still releasing the show. Then Tamar took to the blog sites because a blog site had covered that, you know, WeTV, which is her the best and that they are releasing her from her contract and that they're still releasing the show. Then under the comments of one of the blogs, Tamar was like, this is a lie. You know, she never heard from WeTV. They never sent her a card, not a text, not nothing. And that she's saying like, this is a part of what triggers her mental health. And yeah, so she was upset about that. So I'm not sure what the T is, but I really don't think Tamar should be on social media, just given the fact that you just got out of a hospital after an alleged suicide attempt. So all the best to Tamar, which puts me at 
at a really hard predicament for a fan of Tamar because I love the Braxton family values and I love any TV show that Tamar is on. So I really want to watch Tamar Get Your Life. But if this is something that Tamar does not support, then I, it's hard for me as a fan to want to watch it if I know that this is something that is a trigger for her. So oh, we'll have to wait and see. Oof, this is a tough one. All right. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's the next purple pants pick? Philtastic One writes, what are your thoughts on the demon sperm, Dr. Lady, and people believing her so quickly? Okay, Philtastic, I said, what the hell is Philtastic talking about? A demon sir, a, a demon doctor with the demon sperm? So, of course, you know your baby boy had to do some Googling, and ugh, child, Phil, I think that she's a mess. I don't know if any of you guys have heard about this doctor who has more recently gone viral um, off of her sermons and the things that she's been saying, and of course, under this current administration. 45 has loving it and so has his base and she is really out here preaching some crazy stuff some of the things that she alleges on her viral videos is that you know alien dna is currently being used in medical treatment and that scientists are cooking up a vaccination to prevent people from being religious oh, okay yes and she also is a proponent or a proponent i forgot that wendell got us together last week but anyway she is a proponent of of the hydroxychlorine and or chlorine and she is you know just basically another disciple for 45 <laughs> okay but on to her sex demons or her demon sperm in another viral video she basically said there are demons out there uh, like sex demons and they make you have lustful dreams and when you have these lustful dreams with these sex demons they tend to cause real health problems and financial ruins. You know, Dr. Emmanuel claims real life elements such as fibroid tumors and cysts all stem from this demonic sperm that you could get from lusting after this demon semen. Not the demon semen, but what that kind of rhyme, demon semen. But you can get this from these demon spirits that will creep into your body to give you a lustful sex dream. Well, baby, listen, okay, that sounds like Coco Caliente. I ain't mad. Listen, a little demon, a demon semen can seep up into my dreams and cause me to have a lustful dream. That sounds like a good time, Dr. Emmanuel. So, yeah, I ain't paying her no mind, Philtastic. Let's keep it moving. What's the next Purple Pants pick? Next Purple Pants pick is from Legs of a Runner on Instagram. They write, did you see Nene Leakes airing out Bravo on her Instagram live? Whew, Legs of a Runner, yes. Another conclusion from another Purple Pants pick. So last week I told you about Nene and how that people are saying she got fired. She's saying that she's in negotiations and that there possibly is a discrimination lawsuit that she is filing against Bravo. Well, baby, Nene took to her Instagram live this week and basically was saying that negotiations are still happening and that this tends to happen for the last three seasons. This happens with her that she, her lawyers and Bravo meet and that they go back and forth. Nene was saying that some of the things that Bravo is saying to her side is that they don't like to, they don't like it when she refers to herself as the queen or the HBIC of Atlanta, which Nene found weird, which I also find weird. Another thing that they said was they don't like it when Nene, two seasons ago, got into a physical altercation with a producer. This is something that was highly contested on the reunion. There were other cast members that were saying that Nene did physical harm to a producer. Nene has always claimed that all that she did was pull the shirt off of a cameraman. And Nene said that they were like, 
the producer could have pressed charges if he wanted to. And then Nene has been kind of going on this Instagram like rant where she's posting these videos of other alleged housewives that have gotten into physical altercations like Teresa on season two in the reunion when she pushed Andy Cohen down and on Beverly Hills when Lisa Renna and Kim got into an argument and there's a whole bunch of other things. And so what I think Nene is trying to draw the line to is that like, why does it seem like I get singled out for this behavior, but you have these other women on these franchises that don't. And then another thing that Nene Leakes had said was they were upset with her during the virtual reunion when Nene closed her computer early. And Nini had said that, well, it's interesting because when I guess in season five, when they were filming with Kim Zolciak, she they were planning a trip and basically she quit the show. And Nini was like, well, she quit the show in mid season, but she walked into her own show on Bravo. And then she also bought the same thing up with Lisa Vanderpump when Lisa Vanderpump literally walked off the show and walked into her show of Vanderpump Rules. So I feel like Nini is bringing up very legitimate points that it seems like when Nini acts out, although... I, I don't condone a lot of Nini's behavior. I love Nini. I don't condone a lot of her behavior, but I kind of sort of understand where she's coming from when she's bringing up these very valid points that it seems that like there are two set of rules and the one set of rules applies to her and the other set of rules does not apply to her. So it really kind of like lets us as the fans know hmm, if she really is going after a discrimination lawsuit, this is some of the information that she's going after. So I really hope Nini is on the next season because I've said it before, if Nini ain't on, I'm not on and you can miss me with that. Also, guys, just to keep on the lookout, you know, Real Housewife of Potomac is coming back this week. Uh, by the time this podcast airs, the first episode had ended. And so I'm hoping that Jatia will come on and be our resident housewife of Potomac and break things down with us. So keep that posted. All right, let's keep it moving. What's the next Purple Pants pick? TJC87 asks, tennis fan, what do you make of the sport coming back? This is a good one. Yes, I am a tennis fan, but I ain't really know much about tennis. So I had to Google it. And the thing that I saw was that the return of tennis WTA tour will go ahead as plant despite the unnamed player tested positive for COVID. So I'm excited for tennis to come back. I love tennis. I uh, I used to play tennis back in the day and I have not played tennis in such a long time. And I recently was like at Wendell's house the other day and I saw that he had all of these tennis rackets and he like disclosed to me that he used to play tennis. So I'm looking forward to playing window and some tennis soon. Now I'm a little rusty, but baby, your baby boy had a nasty backhand back in the day. I'm excited overall for the Women's Tennis Association to come back and just tennis in general. I like the fact that these sports are coming back. Just given us with quarantine, there's not a lot for us to do and there's not a lot of content for us to watch. So as long as there are safety measures put into precaution, I'm happy that there is an industry that can start working again and, and money being generated and us as fans have something to watch. So I'm excited for it. I just want everyone to be safe. All right. Now, what is the final Purple Pants pick last purple pants pick is from chelsea brooks she writes did you see the black lives matter tribute they did during the nba game hey chelsea yes i so mind you y'all know i don't really watch basketball and when i do watch basketball i'm looking for the zaddies okay don't listen i'm just being honest so i did not actually watch the games but i did see a lot of the coverage on social media Actually, to prepare for this question, I reached out to the war dog because the war dog loves to like talk my ear off about like social issues and like things like this. So I called him and I just asked his opinion on it. And he thought that the black.
Black Lives Matter tribute was really, really good. And so he had explained to me that all of the players kneeled during the national anthem and there were like Black Lives Matter written on the side of all of the three courts that the NBA is using. And what I really love that I saw on social media, I saw that a lot of the basketball players on the back of their jerseys, they got to like choose things like Black Lives Matter. Um, They had equality. Some of the players that are not from the U.S., they had equality written in their own language, which I thought was really powerful. They had education reform. So I really love the fact that the NBA is realizing their power and is using it to speak up. So I I loved it. I think that it's great. I love to see more of it. I just want to make sure that with like sports coming back on, that we don't get too distracted from the, the Black Lives Matter movement. We don't get too distracted from making sure that we treat everyone with equality. And last but not least, that we don't get distracted from Breonna Taylor and that where, why have they not arrested the police for Breonna Taylor? So I just want to make sure as we end this week's Purple Pants Picks, I say her name, Breonna Taylor. We want justice for Breonna Taylor, okay? And that is going to conclude this week's Purple Pants Picks. Please be on the lookout on my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah, every Saturday morning for those purple pants. I'll ask the question, drop your topic, and yes, you can get it in. I'll see you next week. Let's keep this podcast rolling. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we have made our way to this week's Freak of the Week. I love the Freak of the Week because I just never know who it's going to be, where it's going to go. Okay, it just give me Coco Caliente. But, you know, at the same time, Freak of the Week always make your baby boy bittersweet. Because if we add Freak of the Week, then that means we at the end of another great pod. Yes. Okay. Come on, altos. But listen, so this week, you know me, I was minding my business and I just happened to be the scrolling, you know, the scrolling on the Twitters. And I came across Survivor Reddit's page. And, you know, they always posted some good stuff. They could post some good content. And listen, okay, they posted this photo that said young Jeff Propes in the 1990s, okay? And it is a photo. It looks like it's an ad of some type. And listen, Jeff had this bullet, a bullet, what's a bullet? A mullet, honey, okay? You know, business in the front, party in the back. He had on this vibrant shirt, okay? With it halfway buttoned down, okay? Three buttoned down, Baby boy had on a gold chain. He got his uh the hair on his chest hanging out. And I don't know if it looked like could be a scene from Greece. I don't know. I want to see this commercial, whatever it is. But yes, Jeff was giving some young zaddy vibes. So I said, ooh, and I, ooh, okay. So I said, listen. And then you know some of the Purple Pants posses was all in them Twitter comments talking about Jeff is definitely giving Freak of the Week vibes. So listen. Jeff, Jeffrey, come on in. Come on in. You probably don't remember me. It's Bryce Isaiah from Survivor Cogion. You know, purple pants. Hey, listen, Jeffrey. Listen, you are this week's freak of the week, baby. 
Okay, go ahead and find that photo on Survivor Reddit or I retweeted it. And yes, you know, just let Jeffrey know he is the freak of the Caliente week. Okay, yes. And since we have named our freak of the week, it means this is a close to another great Coco Caliente Purple Pants Podcast. I truly hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. You know, I try to give my all to the podcast. So I hope you guys have a great week. And also, before we go, listen, guys, just want you guys to protect your energy. Okay, protect your energy. A lot of the times we give our energy out and we are like giving it out freely to the world and we don't really get it back. So protect your energy. Don't go out here giving all your energy to somebody that don't deserve your energy or somebody that don't give you the same energy that you give them. It is important that people match our energy. And so if you are an energy giver like I am, just make sure that we are mindful of who we give our energy out and protect your energy. Okay. You know, I care about my purple pants posse. So I just wanted to make sure I left on that note. And as always, please make sure you subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Make sure you write a review, okay? Make sure you give me five stars. I'll be reading the reviews. I love it. Yes, and make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Until next time, you guys know where to find me. It's a, it's a, it's a. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.